This is Chris Barnes with Columbia 300, and you're listening to Above180.com podcast with Tim Berg and Joe Serrar. Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us this week on the Above180.com podcast is Dave Wadka. Dave is the district sales manager at Ebonite International. So, Dave, thank you for joining us today. No problem. Glad to be here, guys. Well, Dave, thought we'd begin, and, and just so everyone knows, we are taping this the night before all the World Series of Bowling finals are being held, so we're not going to discuss anything of that sort. But, Dave, I would like to get your thoughts overall on how you feel you competed this year at the World Series of Bowling. I feel like I bowled really, really well. Um, I ended up making two of the daily cuts. I made the Cheetah and the Viper cut, finished 20th in the Cheetah, 17th in the Viper, and then ended up making the World Championship cut and finishing 18th. So I I feel overall like it was a very successful week. Um, Obviously, you always try to go out and make a TV show, but I bowled really consistent all week. I did a lot of practicing for about 30 days before this and took it very seriously this year. I, I went and worked with Mark Baker a couple times, and he got me throwing it really good, got my hand loosened up in it, and, and uh, you know, again, I, I felt like I bowled really, really good this week. In your preparation prior to the World Series of Bowling, uh, and we'll include with Mark Baker, did you primarily work on just cleaning up your physical skills and leaving them as is, or did you work on, say, some different releases to help combat, you know, the conditions you were about to see? Uh, we didn't really change anything physically other than um, we got my my upper body spine tilt more quiet. There was too much movement in it, which would force me to thumb down it and miss left on a lot of shots. And obviously, as everybody can see in years past at the World Series, missing left is not the right gig there. <laughs> Um, so we did work on that, and what it did is it actually loosened up a lot of the grip pressure in my hand, and I was able to really get the ball through the front of the lane much cleaner than I have in the past. So that, and also a combination of the new patterns they used this year, uh, there's a lot more. There was a lot more volume at the front of the lane, so that certainly didn't help uh, hurt me at all. That helped so me how, out. How did he how did he quiet down your upper body? Uh, we just uh, we got it in a position at the setup point where I was comfortable, and then all I thought about for my first three steps was not moving my upper body. And that was just a, a, a key we worked on. It, it took a little bit to find a setup point that I was comfortable with. Once we did that, then all week this week and when I was practicing coming up into the event, the only thing I was thinking about was not moving my upper body. 
So, so you're saying by doing that, did it allow you not to have the need to change hand positions to, to change your roles or, or did that include that? Uh, I think it, it allowed me to do it easier because of, because of that upper body being so much more quiet and me being able to repeat shots better. It allowed me to change my hand positions and my roles as I needed throughout the week. Certainly on the longer patterns, I tried to roll up the back of it a little bit more because we had to get the ball rolling a little quicker. On the shorter patterns, like the cheetah or uh, even the, the, and then the scorpion, which was, or not, I'm sorry, not the scorpion, the chameleon was a low volume pattern where you had to actually get the ball through the front a little better so I could get around it a little bit more. So Dave, what was it like bowling with T.O.? He was great. He, he was absolutely awesome to bowl with. He, he got up when it, when it was his turn. He, he knew the lane courtesy. You know, there, there was no issues there at all. He was a super nice guy. I, I actually think the media gives him a bad rap. Yeah, why do you think a, a lot of bowlers even give him a bad rap? Why do you think bowlers, not on the tour, I mean, I've heard stories of people helping him after on the tour and such, but why do bowlers, like your average players, why do they give T.O. such grief? I, I have no idea. I mean, the guy... The guy drew some attention to bowling. The, him bowling in the World Series was in a lot of mainstream media. I don't know. I don't know what everybody's problem is. At this point, the way the state of bowling, we need all the attention we can get. And, you know, like I said, he didn't, he, he, he didn't slow down the pace. He knew the lane courtesy. He, he got up and bowled. He, he tried as hard as anybody. So I, I just I don't know what the issue was. Now, Dave, obviously you need confidence in your ability and, you know, physically and mentally to compete at such a level. Do you feel T.O.'s physical and mental confidence in himself is where it needs to be or not quite yet? Well, I don't, I, I'm sure he doesn't lack confidence and he's as much of a competitor as anybody. You know, when he made bad shots, he, he wasn't very happy about it. He's a competitor. Uh, the one thing I think it does point out is that, you know, bowling's not just something anybody can do. It, it takes a lot of hard work to become really good at it. T.O., by far, was the best athlete in the building. But, you know, there's bowlers, bowlers can be athletes, too. It's just in a different way. And I think that's what everybody needs to understand about it. Right. You know, he's so, so got to he, he, go say, he's, he's got a, you know, he's got a, a physical game that can be worked with. You know, he's it's just a different level that, that he would need to get to. So what, what kind of condition or shape was he in afterwards? I mean, was his hand beat up a little bit? Were his legs tired, back sore? I mean, he's a world-class athlete, as we, we all know. But was he physically drained or just mentally drained? I, I think probably a little bit mentally. Physically, I, you know, obviously, you bowl that many games – and you're not used to bowling that many games, your hand's going to be beat up. He was using new skin a lot. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure his hand was a little beat up, but he didn't seem physically that, you know, he was tired or anything. I, he's, in, he's in unbelievable shape, so I don't think the stamina was an issue. So, Dave, I'm seeing the, the big news of today is the fact that the PBA in, introduced dyed oil for the World Series of Bowling for the ESPN telecast. What are your thoughts on that? I, you know, I just saw it for the first time today when they were uh, when I was up there watching a couple of the practice sessions, and it, we'll see how it goes. I, I mean, if it 
if it actually makes it easier to explain to the public how the oil is and where it is and all that other stuff, then I'm I'm all for it. I I don't have an issue with it. I don't know a whole lot about it yet. Like I said, I just saw it for the first time today. So how would you like to uh, share with us the equipment that you use during the, the competition? I mean, seeing such a wide array of lane conditions with different volumes and different lengths, uh, I'm sure being an Ebonite staffer, you used quite a bit of their arsenal. You want to share that with us? Sure. Yeah. I, uh, on the cheetah, I used a, um, a really weak drill in a Ebonite legacy, which comes out in, on November 12th. And, uh, I used that the first four games. And then I changed to a Columbia 300 eruption pro for the last three games, which is much cleaner through the front and much more angular. Um, that I could just move left and open up my angles, and it worked out really good. On the Viper, which was actually the heaviest volume of any of the patterns we used, I used a uh, Ebonite Pivot with 500 grit on it for the first three or four games, and then I used a strong-drilled Ebonite Legacy for the last couple games as the Legacy is a little cleaner through the front than the Pivot. On the Chameleon, which was the uh, lowest volume, all, it, even though it was 41 feet, it was the lowest volume, I actually used a, uh, an oil-soaked Ebonite pivot all, six, all seven games on that one. I actually didn't have to change balls at all. And then on the last uh, animal pattern, which was the Scorpion, I used that 500-grit pivot again for the first five games and then went back to the uh, the legacy, the strong-drilled legacy for the last two games. And then the uh, World Championship, which we bowled 24 games of match play on, I used a... Um, what did I use? I used another a third uh, Ebonite legacy that I had drilled, which was a little smoother and allowed me to play a little further right there was uh, you, there was a little more oil in the middle on the World Championship pattern, so we were allowed to play a little further right on that one. And that ball that I had, I drilled it so it was strong early so that it controlled the back end and it allowed me to stay a little further right. And I'd also like to remind everyone, if you're looking to pick up one of those new Ebonite bowling balls, please check out our friends at BowlerX.com. Just go BowlerX.com. they got the new balls like Dave's discussing. You can also get the ones that are on pre-order. They have a, a little special tab on the left-hand side, so you can pre-order some of the new equipment that will be coming out, and then you're going to get it on the day it's released, like Dave's saying. So uh, talking about some balls coming out next week, so... Would love to have you check out BowlerX.com. All our friends over there, Lee and the gang, they're going to treat you right. You got any questions, you can give them a call. 855-X-BOWLER is their phone number, or you can email info at BowlerX.com, and Lee will get back to you. So check out BowlerX.com, a great sponsor of Above180.com, the podcast, everything. And Lee and his friends and, and everyone at the shop there do a great job, so make sure you check them out as well. So, Dave, who impressed you this week out at the World Series? I'm sorry? Which bowlers, when you were watching, that you thought, from, from any, any of the competitors, that you thought, wow, this guy or, or gal really threw the ball well this week? Well, I, I think any of the guys that made the top 24 obviously bowled really good this week. I, I don't know that anybody that's never bowled this event understands what a grueling event it is. Um, you know, I, I bowled 66 games in six days of competition. That doesn't include the practice and and the, the three days of practice beforehand that we did at two hours a day. So 
you know, any of the guys that made the top 24, they all bowled really, really good. Uh, a couple of the guys that really impressed me this week, Brian Smith bowled unbelievable. Uh, he made three cuts, and uh, actually four out of the five cuts. He made three of the animal patterns plus the world championship. And uh, Dom Barrett, who obviously led the uh, world championship, just bowled unbelievable all week. And, you know, there were some guys that I think were bowling for a little more than just the World Series this year as well with the PBA League draft coming up on Sunday night. There was uh, there were some guys that I think were auditioning for that this week. And there was a few a few guys, myself included, that I think did what we needed to do to try to help our position in that. And Brian Smith was one of them. Myself, um, Eugene McCune, who bowled great this week. You know, I, I think for some of us, it was a little more than just the World Series as well. So, Dave, talk to us about the re-emergence of Dave Vodka. <laughs> how, how have you come back from somewhat being unknown for many years and, and again, from being previously somewhat notable on tour to being not a dominant player, but dominant enough to where you can compete for titles. You know, it was, it was more of a, at the end of the 2000 season, I just, I had bowled 10 full years and I had a a one year old daughter at that point and, and just, I didn't want to be gone all the time. So I went to Ebonite and talked to them and they were, they were nice enough to hire me to work for them. So when I went to work for them, I stopped bowling full time. Uh, still bowled a lot of regionals, still stayed very competitive in bowling, just not on the national tour. And from the, from 2001 to 2009, maybe I bowled a total of about 12 or 13 tour stops in those nine, 10 years. And, um, come 2010 and I, uh, I wasn't working for Evanite at the time. And I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm going to start bowling a little bit again. And I, I happened to make a show at the World Series in, in 2010 when I first came back, or 2011, actually, when I first came back. And from then, I just, you know, I think that gave me a little confidence to know that, hey, you know what, I can still compete as long as I work at it. You know, I've gone through some stretches over the last three years where, because I am still a district sales manager for Everett International, I go through some stretches where I don't have time to practice. My, my work comes first. They're, they're nice enough to let me take weeks off here and there to bowl, but my work comes first. So I don't get as much time to practice as I would like. Um, and it shows sometimes, but when I'm practicing, I, I've been able to, to hold my own and compete. And I actually, uh, you know, two years ago, I finished 28th on the point list, which is, even in the 10 years I bowled previous when I was bowling full time, I think I only finished higher than that two or three times in those 10 years. Right. And, so, and you're how old now, Dave? I am 42 now. So you pretty much gave up the prime years of your career, which generally are in your thirties because you have obviously more, you know, knowledge of how to adjust and, and how to handle the pressures and, and physically your game is still in tip top condition so you gave up your most formative years and probably, you know, again, for your family, which I think yeah. is admirable. I did. I, uh, 
yeah, when I when I quit the tour full time at the end of 2000, I, I hadn't even turned 30 yet. I quit when I was 29, and uh, started bowling full time again when I was 39. <laughs> um, yeah, I and you know I bowled a lot of regionals during those 10 years, and I actually won a lot of regionals. I won a I won Player of the Year in the West Region one year, and I think that, you know, I, I think that goes to what you said. I, I was probably a lot of my prime years because I actually learned how to bowl. I could always throw the ball down the lane, physically good, but I learned how to bowl in those 10 years. So when I came back and started doing it again, I think that gave me a little more confidence and, and I understand lane moves a little better. I understand bowling balls a little better. You're a lot more mature at 40 than you are at 30. And um, I think that had a lot to do with it. The one thing I will say now is at 42, I can't throw it as hard as I used to. So that's had something to do with previous World Series years where the lane's hooked a lot more, and I struggled a little bit more. This year with the heavier volume, it was a little easier for me. Dave, one thing I'm noticing in looking at all the finalists for the TV shows this this go-around at the World Series is you see every manufacturer is pretty much represented in every show. So really, I mean, I know ultimately you guys uh, with Ebonite, you'd want the whole show to be Ebonite, but it also has to mean that the PBA is doing something right by putting out a shot that every manufacturer can can get involved in and, and can the players can score on. Yeah, I think this year was uh, was probably as good as it's been. I think you've got a wide mix of of brands that that are represented on TV. I know the Ebonite brands are going to re- be represented on eight of the ten shows, I believe. With uh, between between all four of our brands, I think it's eight out of the ten that we're represented on. All right. Well. Dave, I want to let you go. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. I know you're, you're very busy still out there in Vegas, bowling things, watching things, and just, um, I mean, it's, it's, what we, it's what you do when you're in Vegas. It's a short amount of time that you're there to bowl and, and take in the festivities, so we want to let you get back to doing that. But did want to catch up with you a little bit and just see how your week went and, and actually, you know, congratulate you because, you, like you said, you had a, a really solid week and, and uh, nothing that you should hang your hat on, that, you know, there for bowling. So I appreciate it, guys, and I'm more than happy to come on with you anytime. I I enjoy it and uh, appreciate the thanks, and uh, hopefully, hopefully it keeps going. For Tim Berg, Dave Wadka, Joe Sarar, good luck and good bowling.